The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. Galatians 3.13 and 14. It says, Christ has redeemed us from what? From the curse of the law. Being made what? A curse for who? For who? For who? Yeah, so in, instead of us bearing the curse, Jesus took the curse on our behalf. So God put our curse on him. The Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin for us. So that we will become the righteousness of God. Oh, I love that. That's so good. Father, we have gathered before you once again. Your word says when two or three are gathered before you, there you are in our midst. We thank you for your guaranteed presence. We don't take it for granted. Spirit of the living God, speak through me today. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom, spirit of knowledge, spirit of understanding, Spirit of quick understanding. Spirit of revelation. We thank you for the presence of all the seven spirits of God. May we not live here the same. May our hearts be open unto your word. And may our lives be transformed and taken to the next level. We thank you. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Let's give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. All right, so let's give Jesus some praise. Glory be to his name. Let's please be seated in the presence of the Lord. It's good to see you all tonight. Um, I believe that God is really blessing you. And we thank God for all he's doing in our lives. And uh, to him alone be all the glory. Amen. Well, are you ready tonight? Yes. Are you ready this month? Yes. Actually, this month I'm starting a new series during our, our weekday services that I believe will be so, so, so much be a great blessing to you. So I want you to open your heart. I want you to get your notebooks, your Bibles ready. We're going to really dig into the word. Amen. Amen. We are really going to dig into the word. And... I know that after tonight, or after these teachings, this series of teachings, your life will never be the same again in the name of Jesus. Well, if you're ready, turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. The book of Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. Are you there? I read. It says, the blessing of the Lord it maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow with it let's read it together the blessing of the Lord it maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow with it and we are blessed by the reading of God's word I'm starting a new series that I have titled the benefits of the blessings. 
benefits of the blessing. Please understand that in every kingdom, there are benefits. For instance, if you are a British citizen or you are born into this kingdom, you are entitled to some benefits. I don't know what benefits they are, but I know they are trying to put them together called what universal credit, is that right? I think something like that to that effect. I've never, I've never had access to benefit before, so I'm not sure what is there and what is not there. But what I'm trying to emphasize is that in every kingdom, there are benefits. For instance, like I've just stated, in the United Kingdom, there are benefits to those who are citizens of the land. So, if the benefits are only accessible by the citizens and obviously uh, others who are qualified to have access to these benefits, then that therefore also implies that in the kingdom of God, there are benefits, but the only people who can have access to the benefits in the kingdom are the children of the kingdom. Is that right? Because all truth is parallel. Truth in the natural and truth in the spiritual realm is the same. So if in the United Kingdom you have to be a citizen before you can have access to the blessing, to the benefits, the same applies to the kingdom of God. To have access to the benefits, you have to be a son or a daughter of the kingdom. So question, if I want to have access to the benefits that are in the kingdom, what do I have to do to have access to these benefits? Someone might ask, what is or what are the benefits? What are the benefits? Before we go into the benefits, let me ask you a question. Would you want to have access to the benefits in the kingdom? Yes. Yes? yes. Your yes is not convincing. Yes. Is it a big yes? Yes. Okay, so let's look at how we can have access to the benefits. And let me say this. Every benefit in the kingdom is good. And not only is it good, it is perfect. James 1.17, the Bible says, this is how the Bible puts it. It says, every good thing and every perfect thing comes from above. And who is above? God. Every good thing and every perfect thing comes down from the Father of light with whom there are no variableness, neither a shadow of turning. In other words, our Father wants us to have this 
good things and perfect things. And the benefits in the kingdom are not only good, they are perfect. So, how do I have access to these benefits? Janet, John chapter 3, from verse 1 to 6. John chapter 3, from verse 1 to 6. You know the story? The story of the great teacher who came to Jesus. He came to Jesus and he was asking a question. So let's look at it from verse 1. John 3 verse 1. It says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Now notice he was a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus and said unto him, Rabbi, meaning teacher, we know that thou art a teacher who has come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I want you to underline that. Except a man be born again, he cannot what? See. There's a difference between seeing and entering. I don't just want to see, I want to enter into it. To enter means to experience it. To see it is only theoretical knowledge. Seeing it is only what? Theoretical knowledge. But entering into it is experiential knowledge. Are you following what I'm saying? So to have access to the benefits in the kingdom, you have to be born again. And look at how Jesus puts it. Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And how do we become born again? Let's read on. Verse 4, Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born whilst he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Answer, Jesus said in verse 5, and Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Why? Because that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do you see the difference? Jesus said, the only way you can enter into the kingdom of God is to be born with water and of the spirit. Why? Because that which is born of flesh is what? Flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is what? Spirit. Now, let me ask you a quick question. What is a baby of a dog? A what? No, don't say puppy. Don't worry. Don't say puppy. Just tell me a dog. What is a baby of a dog? Yeah. What's a baby of a lion? That's very simple. Isn't that right? What's a baby of a man? Yeah. Say man. Don't say baby. Don't confuse the teaching. Now, now, so far as we understand this 
simple analogy, we'll also understand what is a baby of a spirit being. It has to be a spirit. Are you following? Because he that is born of the flesh is flesh, and he that is born of the spirit is spirit. So if I'm going to have access to what belongs to my father, remember God is a spirit. John 4, 24. Jesus said, God is a spirit. Why? Because anyone who worships this spirit being must worship him in spirit and in truth. That's why we don't worship God with our flesh. We worship God with our spirit. Remember, man is made as a spirit. Genesis 2, 7. God breathed into man and man became a living spirit. A living spirit. Until God breathed into man, man was formless. The moment God breathed into man, man became a living spirit. How? Because God took from what is from him and put it into man. So man first and foremost, is a spirit being. We are not human beings. We are spirit being. Because we came from a source that is spiritual. Man is tripartite. Man is a spirit. He has a soul and lives in a body. This is not important. Your spirit man is more important. It's rather unfortunate. Many of us feed the flesh more than the spirit. And remember, whatever you feed grows. Remember that. Very important. So, to be a partaker of the benefits in the kingdom, you have to be first what? Born again. And what does it mean to be born again? Very simple. Very, very simple. John, Romans chapter 10, from verse 8 to 10. I need to lay some foundational truth before we get into the main blessing so that your foundation is not shaky. Are you following me? So Romans chapter 10, from verse 8, it says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee. Even in thy mat and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. Verse 9, it says that if thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be what? Saved. Thou shalt be what? Saved. Saved. Verse 10. He said, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So the only way we can become born again is to confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and personal Savior. And then once we make that confession, then we are born again, then now we are qualified for every benefit in the kingdom. Are you following what I'm saying? So, let's go back to our foundational scripture, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. It says, the blessing of the Lord 
it maketh. Now notice, it is the blessing that makes. Not your job, not your business, not your church, not your religion, not the people you know. It is a blessing that makes. It's not the people you know in high places, in corridors of power. It is the blessing that makes. It says the blessing of the Lord, very qualified. The blessing of the Lord. Not the blessing of your company, not the blessing of your organization, but the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. Is that some of the benefits? The blessing is not just on its own, it has benefits with it. When the blessing comes into your life, these are some of the benefits. Number one, it maketh rich. And there's nothing wrong with being rich. Say amen to that. Or say a good amen to that. There is nothing wrong with being rich. Now, I want you to understand something. When we talk about the blessing, many people box the blessing. They only relate the blessing to material things. (laughs) But the blessing is more than just material things. Material things are part of it. Are you following me? The blessing is the fullness of God's glory. Let me say that again. The blessing is the fullness of God's glory. And when the glory of God shows up, it comes with healing. It comes with peace. It comes with joy. Are you following me? It's not just material things. So when we talk about the blessing, don't limit it just to, oh, some hundred thousand pounds I'm believing God for. Praise God, that's good. But there is something more than that. That money cannot buy. Money can't buy joy. Money is good. The Bible says money answereth all things. But there are some things money can buy. Money can buy you salvation. Money can buy you a house, but it can't buy you a home. Are you following what I'm saying? Money can buy you a nice bed, but it can't buy you sleep. (laughs) Money can buy you latest foam. Praise God. You know, they do those adverts and they say, when you sleep on this pillow, you have peace. That's a lie. That's a lie. (laughs) You rushed and you bought it, yet you can't sleep. There are many people out there who can't sleep. They go to bed, but they can't sleep. Why? Because they thought that money can buy me sleep. No. The Bible says God gives his beloved sleep. Money can't buy that. There are some people who are so rich, they are so wealthy, they can't sleep. 
they have Valium every night before they go to bed. And even on top of the Valium, they can't sleep. I hope I'm, Valium is what? It's, it's a sleeping tablet, isn't it? What are the milligrams? Ten. Which is the stronger one? Ten. They take ten of ten Valiums, yet they can't sleep. Are you following me? Because money can't buy you sleep. God gives his beloved sleep. Are you the beloved of the Lord? Yes. yes. So that means you are entitled to sleep. I said you are entitled to sleep. A good sleep. Praise God. A good one to the point sometimes you want to snore the whole house down. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so, it says, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. And look at what happens. He addeth no sorrow with it. Amen. Say a good amen to that. Amen. What is sorrow? Sorrow doesn't come from God. Sorrow comes from the devil. Sorrow is pain. Anything you have that is with sorrow is not from God. Why? Because God is good. Not some of the times, all the times. You say, but pastor, what, what, about, what about that auntie or cousin of mine that that was a Christian that was born again who died of cancer. Why didn't God heal him? Why did God put cancer on him? Listen, God has never, ever put sickness on any human being. Never. Because God is love. God is love. God never put sores on Job. God didn't kill his children. It was the wife of Job that killed the children of Job. She said to Job, why don't you curse God and die? Satan used her to bring curse into the family. There was only one person God put sickness and diseases on. Only one person. His name is Jesus. The reason he puts those things on him is for our sake. Galatians 3.13 and 14. It says Christ has redeemed us from what? From the curse of the law. Being made what? A curse for who? For who? For who? Yeah, so in, instead of us bearing the curse, Jesus took the curse on our behalf. So God put our curse on him. The Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin for us. So that we will become the righteousness of God. Oh, I love that. That's so good. Somebody say with me, I am the righteousness of God. Oh, say it again. Say, I am the righteousness of God. Jesus knew no sin. Yet for our sake, he became sin. Yes. 
Why? So that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ so that we may have access to it through faith. So God never put sickness and diseases on any man. Never. Because God is love. Say it with me. God is love. Say it again. God is love. Oh, say it again. Say, like, say it like you understand your father is love. Say God is love. Now, now I have children. How many of you have children here? How many of you have children here? Okay. How many of you will put sickness on any of your children? Do you love your children? Will you put sickness on them? Exactly. So, so where did we get that theory from that God, God put sickness on human beings? Now, if you and I, Jesus said, if we who are evil know how to give good gifts, <laughs> we are evil and yet we will not put sickness on our children. We who are evil, we will not put sickness on our children. How can the loving God, the one who is love, put sickness on us? Turn with me to 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. I need to establish these foundations before we proceed. First John. First John chapter 4 from verse 16. Are you there? First John for information is in the New Testament. Please don't go to the Old Testament. I read First John chapter 4 from verse 16. It says, and we have known and believed the love. Wow, that's powerful. It says we have known, not theoretical knowledge. This is experiential knowledge. We have known. You can only believe what you have known. It says we have known and believed the love that God has to us. Oh, Lord, this is good. This is so good. I believe God is liberating someone right now. It says, for we have known and believed the love that God has to us. And what is that love that we have known and believed in? That God is love. Love is the greatest commandment. Love is the highest law. It says, for we have known and believed the love that God has to us. 
that God is love, not God will be. God is love. When you hear the word is, is qualifies a thing. Is describes the exact location and the reality of a thing. If you ask me where, where am, am, am I at the moment, I'll say I am is church. You don't understand that English. Now, I, I, I was here before King James showed up. Praise God. I am his church. Notice in Genesis chapter 11, we won't read it. God said, the people is one. Is that wrong English? People, plural. Is one. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. It says. But without faith. It is impossible. To please God. Why? Because whosoever comes to God. Must believe that God is. Oh glory. So when you ask me. How are you? I will say, I am is good. <laughs> Whatever comes after is, is a reality. It says, we, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Him there means God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. He is not a power in the atmosphere somewhere. He is not an energy. He is a reality. He is existent. It says that God is and not only is he is, he is, he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So if you ask me how is my wife, I'll say my wife is blessed. You might say, maybe my dad is at the hospital. You know my dad is at the hospital. My dad is passed on to glory. And you, everyone knows my dad is at the hospital. And then you ask, how is your dad? I'll say, my dad is well. What am I doing? I am releasing a prophetic statement of wellness as to where I want my dad to be. If you are not careful, the devil can use that word is to bring curses and pain on you. You have to get this. That's why we call it for those things that be not as though they were. So as children of faith, we don't declare what we see physically. So you might have pain in your body, you declare to yourself, I am blessed. I am healed. I am well. Are you following what I'm saying? Now what are you doing? You are declaring and calling for those things which be not as though they were. So let's go back to understanding who God is. First John 4, 16. 
It says, and we have known and believed the love that God has to us, that God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth where? Dwelleth where? Dwelleth where? Dwelleth where? In God. And God in where? Can you see it? So that means, number one, God is love. Is that true? God is love. So if God is love and God is my father, I must display love towards even those that don't show me love. (laughs) See a good event to that. So you see, because this love is an unconditional love. Are you following me? So the Bible says that God is love. So if God is love, and I am of my father who is God, then I must also love. I must also love. Why? Because he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. So that means if you are not in love, you are not in God. Is that correct? correct. Now if I say in love, don't, don't, don't define worldly in love. You say, oh, I'm in love. No. Not worldly. You see a lady and say, I'm in love with this lady. No. I'm falling in love. You don't fall in love. You rise in love. <laughs> you rise in what? You don't fall in love. The moment you fall in love, you go down, 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 down. And we don't want you going down. We want you going what? Up. So we rise in love. That's why, you see, many people who fall in love, three, four years later, they come and say, I used to love him or her. You see? Because the only way down is down. <laughs> so those of you wives and husbands who are saying that, I used to love him because you started falling <laughs> instead of rising. Praise God. It says, God is love, and he that dwelleth in God dwelleth in love. And dwelleth in God, and God in him. So, when you are in love with God, that means you are in God. Listen, even faith cannot work without love. Love is the master key. That's why even the great apostle Paul said, though I prophesy, I pray in tongues, I do all of this, and there is no love, it's, an, it's, it's nothing. I'm nothing. Love is the gateway to having access into the fullness of God. Love is the key. I said love is the key. Amen. And I believe that the only way the church can transform the world is through love. And that was the only way God did it. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his what? His only begotten son. So love is key. Someone said, Pastor, 
I can't love my husband. He is unlovable. There's nothing like that. If you are a child of God and you love God, there's no one that is unlovable. That's the truth. It's a person you don't know. Yes, I know. You see, God doesn't look at our feelings before he gives us commandments to obey. What's the greatest law? Love. They came to Jesus and asked, what is the greatest of all the commandments? He said, here, this is the greatest of them all that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. So love is the greatest. It says the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. That's the second greatest. And how do you love your neighbor? By being nice. Don't be a neighbor from hell. 4 a.m., you're playing loud music, disturbing your neighbors. That's not love. In your neighborhood, everybody have one car parking space. You have three cars. Praise God. God has blessed you. But don't park in your neighbor's parking space. That's not love. Take others into consideration. Think about others. What would you not want someone to do to you? Don't do it to others. That's love. That's love. <laughs> Loving your neighbor as yourself means when you're on the plane, and excuse my language, you go to the toilet and you finish, wipe nicely. Leave the bath clean before somebody goes in there. Because in the plane, there are only two small, small, two small cubicles of, of toilets. <laughs> are you following what I'm saying? And, and, and sometimes some people go in there, and, and by the time they come out, nobody else can use the place. That's not love. That is selfish. We must love one another. We must show love to the world. We must demonstrate love to the world. Why? Because our father is love. If you're at a car park, about to park, and someone takes your parking space, love on them. Say, you're right, all right, it's okay. I'm here before you, but it's okay. You can keep the parking space. There was this time, you know, the post office, when he used, the main post office, when it used to be free parking. You have to queue. And I queued, and sometimes you queue for so long. I queued, and, and then one parking became available. And then just when I was about to take off, someone came from, there was a long queue. He just came and went and parked in there. I said, hey! <laughs> hey! You know, I, some, some bad thoughts just started going through my mind. I said, I'm going to take my keys. I'm going to scratch his car. I'm going to get a knife, look for a knife somewhere and just put some puncher on his car. 
The devil was, I, I, I was a pastor then. And then, and then all of a sudden I came back to him. I said, hey, who is speaking to this pastor? No, that's not me. Come out of my mind now. So, you see, when you love, walk in love, you don't seek to repay evil for evil. That's love. Joseph taught his brothers love by not destroying them when they came to Egypt. He saw them, he recognized them, but they did not recognize him. And finally, when he revealed himself to him, to them, they thought he was going to kill them. And he said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Listen, that's why Romans chapter 8 verse 28, it says, all things works together for good to those who are called according to his purpose and those who love him. Love is a key right there. Now, if you're going to have access to all these benefits that we're talking about, love is a cardinal law you cannot do away with. Love is key. And it's important for the world to come to the church and know that the church is a place of love. Love is not judging people's past. I've always said, I can see you in a nightclub. Not that I'll, I'll drive past the nightclub and when I see you coming out, I say, hello, you're all right. I can't wait to see you in church on Sunday. When I see you in church, I'm not going to talk about the nightclub business. I'm not going to, because that's your past. I saw you on Friday. Yes, Sunday is a new, Sunday is a future. Friday is gone. Are you following what I'm saying? We must teach the, the world what true love is. True love is showing the world that your past is not count against you. Hallelujah. This is good. That's love. Because where else would the world learn love? if not from the church. Because our father is love. So if we are going to reach the world for Jesus, the only way through reaching the world for Jesus is through love. Jesus never condemned anyone. Now remember Jesus is God. Remember Jesus is holy. Remember he knew no sin. Yet when that woman who was caught in the act was brought to Jesus, they were about to stone her, and Jesus said, let her go. Jesus never stoned her. Jesus never condemned her. Jesus said, woman, where are your accusers? So the church doesn't have the right to condemn or criticize the past of others because our Lord and Master Savior did not do that. He said, Pastor, why are you dwelling so much on love? Because that is the cardinal focal point for the benefits in the kingdom. Why? Because God 
is love. Say it with me. God is love. Let's say it like we, we know what we're talking about. Let's say it together. Say, God is love. Some of us need to go back and start loving their unlovables. <laughs> we need to pick up the phone tomorrow and call some unlovables. <laughs> some unlovable friends. <laughs> I tell them, I still love you, baby. <laughs> to love the unlovables, ask God to increase your faith. And the truth of the matter is there are some people who are just unlovable in your workplaces. There are some friends or colleagues who just offend everyone. (laughs) There are some managers who just offend everyone. They are so annoying. Sometimes they have made you thought of quitting your job. But you have to walk in love because when God gives us love, your love will be tested. Your love will be tested. Jesus' test of love was a cross. He never said, God, get me down from the cross. That was a test of love. Sometimes people will take things from you to test your love just to test if you really, really love God. And have you not heard most of the time that the world will say, look at these people, they claim they are Christians, yet they don't love. They have a certain definition of what love is, but we must show them that there is another higher definition of love, and that is unconditional love. You can't even worship God if you don't love him. That's the truth of the matter because most of us during weekday services we've come from work you've had probably a terrible day at work and you still have to come to church. What drives you to church is the love of God. You have all the reasons to stay home tonight and lift up your leg on the couch have a cup of tea and watch some Emmerdale or something. What, what do they show at this time? EastEnders. Yeah. Do they still show those things? They still show it? Oh, wow. I've never, I, I can't remember the last time I heard of those things. Are you following what I'm saying? It's love. It takes love to serve God. Do you know that it even takes love to give? You can't give if you don't love. Why? For God so loved the world that he gave. Hallelujah. So to have access to the benefits of the kingdom, number one, we have to be first born again. And number two, we have to operate by love. 
And then once we do that, then we are about working into what God really wants us to work into. Please hear me. Write this down. There is only one blessing that has changed the lives of the patriots throughout generations. There is only one blessing. There is only one blessing that has changed the life of the, the patriots. When I talk about the, the patriots, I'm talking about Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and so on and so forth. So the question we want to ask is, what is this blessing? What is the blessing? What is this blessing that we're talking about? Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. Because we need to know what the blessing is. Are you following what I'm saying? We need to know what the blessing is. So what is the blessing? Genesis 1, 28. The Bible says that, and God blessed them. Talking about Adam and Eve. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Now I want to bring your attention to something very important and significant here. When God created Adam and Eve or man, they did not have to work before they were blessed. Are you following what I'm saying? The Bible says that and God blessed them. They didn't do anything. They didn't till the ground. But God did what? Bless them. So the blessing that we are talking about is not based on the after effects of what you do. I'm talking about the only one true blessing that comes from God that is in unto us not based on what we do now I want you to understand this this is very important this blessing was bestowed upon all men not just born again Christians but unto all men he said how Genesis 1, 26. Let's go back. 26, 27, and then 28. Are you getting something out of this? Genesis chapter 1, from verse 26. I want you to notice something very, very important. Notice. It says, and God said, Let us make man in our own image after our likeness and let them have what dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him Male and female created he them. Verse 28. And God 
bless them. At this point, did they work? Did they do anything before God blessed them? No. They didn't do no work. Yet God blessed them. So this blessing that we are talking about is a blessing unto all mankind. Not just to Christians alone, but unto all mankind. Because every human race came from the first fruit, Adam and Eve. <laughs> Follow me carefully. That's why everyone who understands this law and activates the law works in the blessing. But the only way the blessing can come to you is you have to create channels. If you don't create channels, the blessing can flow to you. Now, we have light in this room. Isn't that correct? Let's just say this electricity came from uh, EDF. Right? There is a power station somewhere that the, the electricity has been generated from into this room. But for this light to work, the switches have to be turned on. Right? If you don't turn on the switch, even though there is power in the light, there is already power available, we will not see the effects of the light. So, there is a main station for the light, but it has come from that station through a channel to this room. And the only way the light can flow and be effective and benefit us is for us to turn on the switch. So some Christians are sitting down, not turning on the switch and expecting the light to work. It won't work. <laughs> I say, oh God, in the name of Jesus, abide darkness, light, come on, light. No, no, you have to do the switch. You have to press the switch. You have to press the switch. Until you press the switch, no amount of prayer will turn on the light for you. In the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. No, no, no. Nothing is no, nothing's going to happen because you are not applying the law. There's a law. There's a law called switch. The law of switch. The law of switch on. Are you following what I'm saying? The law of turn on the light. So the blessing is there, but many have trapped the blessing from flowing. Because you are not turning on the switch. The switch is turned off. So you are operating in darkness and you are, you are blaming EDF. No, EDF has done nothing. Stop blaming God. God has done nothing. The blessing has been made available to you. The day you showed up, you were born into the blessing. Glory be to God. Say a good amen to that. The day you were born, you were born into the blessing. 
Jesus was a king, yet he was born into a manger. Your geographical location should not determine your ability to walk in the blessing or operate in the blessing. Are you following what I'm saying? Jesus was born in a manger. But where is he now? He's seated on the right hand side of God in heavenly places. So where you were born must not determine where you end up. Nelson Mandela was trapped in a prison for 27 years. Small, tiny prison. Yet he never saw himself trapped in the prison. He saw himself as a president leading a free nation. It was just a matter of time for him to transition from that small, little, tiny prison from year one to year 15, to year 20, to year 25, to year 27. When the 27th year came, he transitioned from a prisoner to a president. It's just a matter of time. But the responsibility is on you to turn on the switch. If you don't turn on the switch, stop blaming someone. Oh, I didn't get my benefits today. It's freely available. You don't need to queue up to receive this benefit. It's freely available. You just need to show up and say, Daddy, I've come for me benefits today. Today I'm entitled to one billion pounds worth of benefits. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, if you, if you go asking daddy, daddy today I'm entitled to one pound benefit, that's what he'll give you because that's your capacity. He can only give you according to your ability to receive. The prodigal son went to his father and said, give me everything that is mine. He took what is his, even though his father was alive, he went, played up, misused it, came back home, the father still celebrated him. His elder brother who was home, who was not accessing his blessing, who was not using his blessing, was offended. He said, you daddy, look, he went, sport, spent all the money you gave him. He's come, you are celebrating him. You are giving him new robe. You've put a ring on his finger. You are even making a party for him. And the father said to him, listen, my son, everything I had was yours. That means you can sit in the blessing and not know. Oh God, help me. Help me. That means you can sit by the blessing and not have access to it. And not know what you have. The reason why you wouldn't know what you have is because you don't know what is in the wheel. The only way you can have access to the benefits of the blessing is to read the will. Read the terms and the conditions. Read the small prints concerning your health, 
Read the small print concerning your children. Read the small print concerning your marriage. Read the small print concerning your soundness. Read the small print concerning your house. Read the small print concerning everything he's made available to you. He's not going to read it for you. You have to do the reading yourself. You have to know what you have. Many are going about with a, with a little cap and begging and begging yet. You are supposed to be the distributing center of the blessing. Pouring into the world. Pouring into others and yet you are struggling. One thing I know about benefits is that when you don't ask for it, it will not be given to you. Even though it's yours. You have to demand it before you are given it. Now let me say this. You can't handle this. I can't say this. You can't handle it. No, no, no. You can't handle this. I'll wait. I'll wait to the end. To the end of this series. Maybe by that time your faith might have come awake to the level. Where you can access every benefit in the blessing. Listen, there is no lack in the blessing. There's so much joy in the blessing. There's so much peace in the blessing. There is health and vitality in the blessing. How you follow what I'm saying? Genesis chapter 9 verse 1. The Bible says that God blessed Noah. God blessed him and not only that he blessed him and his sons. Genesis chapter 12 verse 2, the Bible says that God said, I will make of thee a great nation and I'll bless thee and make thy name great and, I will, and thou shalt be a blessing. So, quick question as we get ready to close. Are you getting something out of this? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Quick question as we get ready to close. Now, question, what is the blessing? What is the blessing? The blessing, write this down, is defined as an empowerment to prosper. In other words, the blessing is an anointing. When it comes upon you, you are empowered to prosper. Remember God's will for us? 3 John 1 and 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest what? Prosper even as your soul prosper. So God's desire, God's ultimate desire for you and I is to prosper. And so the blessing comes to empower us to prosper. What does it mean to be empowered? To be empowered means to be given the necessary equipment, the necessary tools to succeed in every area of your life. So the blessing is an empowerment to prosper. 
Psalm 103, verse 1 and 2, and we'll close here. At least I've done a bit of foundation laying today. Psalm 103, verse 1 and 2. It says, bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So the blessing comes with a lot of benefits. That even with all due respect, with the whole of the world combined together, the world cannot give you the benefits that is in the blessing. Now listen to me. Write this now. Listen to me. This is important. And as much as there are benefits in the blessing, it is your responsibility to remember the benefits. It is your responsibility to remember what? The benefits. Because the only benefits that will benefit you is the ones you remember. <laughs> this is good stuff. This is so good. I'm going to listen to this message 50 times myself. The only benefit that is accrued to you is the ones you remember. So the ones you don't remember don't benefit you. That's why the psalmist says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Do you know how many benefits there are in God? <laughs> Do you know how many benefits there are in Christ Jesus? There are no scarcity law in the kingdom. There is no lack in the kingdom. That's why John 10, 10, Jesus said the thief come and not but to steal, to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they might have and have it how? In abundance. The days of lack are over. Amen. I said the days of lack are over. Amen. It's a new season. Glory be to God. So it is our responsibility to remember the benefits. Now, we are living in a day and age where we are only attracted by the benefits we get from the things we subscribe to. For instance, if you want to go to the gym, I'm sure some of you this year, your new year resolution was, I'm going to go to the gym. I know you're still going. You haven't been yet. You're still thinking of going. But when you signed up, they told you these are going to be the benefits. You're going to get this special membership because of your registration and so on and so forth. And who doesn't love benefits? Everybody loves benefits. If you want to buy food, you look at the nutritional benefits to your body before you buy them. Isn't that right? Everybody likes benefits. 
If you're going to wear a new dress or a new suit or whatever, you look at the benefits it will, it will do to your body. If you're going to use a new, a new chemical for your hair, you know, for, I don't know whether women still use chemicals, I don't know. You know, you know what are they? Creams, but they mix them into chemicals. I don't understand why you should be using chemicals on your hair anyway in the first place. But you, you read, you look at the ingredients, you look at the benefits. So everybody wants to have access to the benefits available to them. And listen, the time has come for us to have access to every available benefit in the kingdom for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Did you receive it today? Hallelujah. Let's give Jesus a better praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. In our seated position, I just want us to talk to God. I just want you to talk to God. Ask God to speak to you today. Ask God to reveal every benefit he has for you. You are his child. You are a child of the most high God. And your father doesn't want you to lack any good thing. Ask him to speak to you. Ask him to reveal every available benefit in his kingdom for you. Matthew 7, 7, he says, ask and you shall receive. Ask him. Ask him for the benefits that are due you. If it's in the area of your career, ask him. If it's in the area of your relationship, ask him. If it's in the area of health, ask him. If it's in the area of your children, ask him. Ask him for the benefits. Ask him. He said he'll give you children. Children are a blessing from the Lord. They are a blessing. It says the blessing of the Lord. It maketh rich and he added no sorrow. He doesn't give us sorrow. Ask him to give you the blessing. That maketh rich. Ask him to give you access to every benefit in the kingdom. Every benefit. You don't want to be shortchanged. On the benefits that are due you, ask him, ask him, ask him, and he'll give you freely. He'll give you freely. In the name of Jesus. Father, tonight, we have gone through your word. You have revealed some of the benefits in the blessing to us. We ask that none of us will fall short of every available benefit to us in your blessing. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to his name. Amen. And amen. Well, we, this, is, this is just the beginning. We are going to go deeper and deeper 
I was in the plane and God gave me this revelation. So whilst I was in the air flying through different nations, I was, everybody was sleeping and snoring, but I was working. And we are going to discover every benefit. We are going to list them. And then when we go to our father, we say, Daddy, Daddy, today I'm due benefits number 13. (laughs) And Daddy can't deny you because you now know what is yours. Are Are you following what I'm saying? So God is going to do us good. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10, 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations.